0: You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Well, welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Chris. This is Chad. And I'm Daniel. And that's it for this week. I'm really excited about being able to dive into our main event. We're going to be reviewing Jordan Peele's us. Uh, we'll be discussing kind of our three favorite horror scenes, uh, as well as the brand spanking new news that just came out today. Uh, Apple has released a streaming service, among other things. So those things we're going to talk about. Before we dive into those, I wanted to let you know that we really like having a discussion with you. Yeah, you, listening right now. And uh, we do that on Facebook. So please follow us on Facebook, Screeners Cast there, and then you can also follow us over on Twitter. where We do a lot of kind of up-to-date news, information, stuff that's happening in the industry as far as television, news, movies, technology, all kinds of great stuff happening on our Twitter channel, and that's at Screeners Cast. Hope to see you guys there. Can't wait to hear from you about what you thought of the topics we're going to be discussing today. Real quick before we dive into the episode, I wanted to give a big congratulations to our newest co-host, April. She just gave birth to a healthy baby girl, So Congratulations, April! Yay. All right, pretty amazing stuff. Um, bringing a new life, you know what I mean? I mean, there that's, you go. I'm
1: going to be honest with you. We were hoping that you know, she was very close to her due date, obviously, and she still determined that she wanted to see us as her last review before having the baby. I was really hoping that we'd have a cool story where she went to see it and was so scared it sent her into labor. But she actually went into labor before she could even see it. So that's how uh, scary it was. That's, that's how right. scary it was. That's I right. think she was
0: on the way to, this, to, to seeing it, wasn't she? Didn't was. she like, text us saying that she was on the way and then, oh, no, wait, guys, change of plans. I'm going to go have a yeah, baby. Yeah, she
1: didn't want to see it by herself. So she was going, I think, with her mother in law. Yeah. And then she messaged and said, hey, change of plans. I'm going to have a baby. So, <laughs> yeah. So hurry back, April. And, uh, but congratulations. All right.
0: Let's go ahead and jump into the episode jump, jump, cut, jump cut. Cut, cut 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 jump cut all right guys so some late breaking news apple had an event at their cupertino headquarters today all about television and the future of their streaming platform and they made a lot of announcements a new news plus thing that is actually available now a credit card uh, that you can sign up for video game stuff but i think really what we are most interested here on the screeners is their television their their original programming as well as their streaming options for cord cutters let's just kind of dive in they announced these two separate things apple tv channels which is going to be available, I believe they said, on almost all smart platforms. Mm-hmm. So if you have a smart television or a Roku or a Fire Stick or an Apple TV even, obviously, you're going to be able to subscribe to CBS All Access and HBO and Stars, Showtime, from one place. And even your cable provider as well. You can input that information. And all of your streaming will be in one app, one location, It'll know what you like, be able to offer stuff and just kind of give you a seamless experience. What did you guys think of channels specifically? We can talk about the other stuff here in a minute, but what did you guys think of that? I'm a little confused
2: because isn't this what the T V app already does? I'm I'm kinda confused. No
0: no, it's not. the The obviously, this is kind of the, the next step of of that. It's being able to like dive directly into CBS. Like right now on Apple TV, you do have an Apple TV app, but it always kicks out to. The um, CBS All Access. Let's oh, just like say, it just—it's
2: like a hub, and then it sends you there. Is that how? Correct. It works? Oh, Correct. I got you. I got this
0: you. is literally everything is there. So, like, you know, if I'm interested in watching a show that's on HBO, but I don't have HBO, it will. It can say, "Hey, would you like to watch this show?" You click on it, and in that in the app, you can say, "I also want to subscribe," and now I'm watching that show in one place. It's not kicking me out to the HBO. App Or the CBS app It's very similar to what Amazon's been doing with their channels where you can mm. subscribe within the
1: Amazon ecosystem. This is very similar to that. Isn't it also true, Chris, that they are going to at least what they talked about today, going to have the functionality to allow people to subscribe a la carte to specific channels because you are a cord cutter, as we I am. know, I am. Uh, yes. but, but specific channels as opposed to having uh, a, a package subscription as well. Well, they, they said something like that, but I'm not entirely sure I understood that it was
0: anything different than like what we're already able to do with HBO and FX. They didn't mention like I can now uh, subscribe to, you know, whatever it is, my local Fox station. I don't think but maybe, but I didn't hear that from them.
1: Well, I think, they, I think they made a passing comment because the, where my ears kind of perked up a little bit was when they talked about the integration of your existing cable package because I am still a cable subscriber right. primarily for live TV, sporting events, Same. and things that are local Yeah, and, and award shows, et cetera. So when they started talking about integrating all of those things, and then I feel like obviously it was a little light on details as Apple tends to do sometimes, but <laughs> I do feel like... If, there, if this truly is a thing where your existing cable can be integrated, you can specifically list channels uh, that you would like to pay for or even just eliminating the very frustrating pain point of bouncing from HBO Go to right. Amazon Prime to whatever – this could really be, and I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but it could really change the game because that's really been the thing that's been the most frustrating point of all this is yeah. trying to find one location where you can get all access to all these things without it bouncing around. Uh, and so this seems to make a lot of sense to me. I agree, and it'll be something that I will obviously use because it's already built
0: into my main ecosystem, which is the apple t v They did say you're right that you you know instead of doing the traditional like package deal with a cable provider, you can choose channels, but they didn't really give any like you said any specifics on like what those channels are other than the ones that you were already familiar with that have built in streaming services already, so it will be interesting to see if you can actually like I just want c n n if I can do that, that's pretty pretty incredible. Mm. I just want yeah. whatever I, they didn't say that, but they they did allude to it, and maybe that's what's happening.
2: I mean, that's clearly going to be the goal. I think the difficulty is that I think it's it's going to be hard to get the individual channels to sign on to to that sort of deal. That's what's been the struggle the whole time uh, with with having this entire. Pick pick only the specific channels. Pick NBC, but not ABC. That's that's gonna be a, a, a difficult thing for them to sign on to. But I hope it works out because it is a fantastic idea. But right now, uh, you know, I hope the redesign helps. I'm 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 worried that having all of this content in one spot, one could be overwhelming. Even though it sounds convenient, I, I worry that it could be overwhelming with just so much content. Because think about all the stuff that's already on these streaming platforms that you're not actually watching. You know, you're only. In HBO, I only watch a few certain shows, but there's tons of stuff there. Now imagine that multiplied by all these different streaming services and streaming services that you don't subscribe to. Adding that in there, if they're you know trying to get you to subscribe to these different other other ones, I think it could get really overloaded with content. So I, I know that they talked about tailoring it to you, tailoring it to your watch mm-hmm. things that you want to watch. If that's done well, I think it could be awesome. I just I, I hope it's not overloaded
0: with stuff. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. But again, this is still a better solution than what we currently have. No doubt. Could be. These truncated, like, uh, you know, oh, I forgot I even had that app over here. That wasn't even an option.
2: the big elephant in the room is, of course... Netflix is not included in this platform. I mean, that's the number one streaming service worldwide, and so that's it's a big thing that that isn't included in this whole thing. So obviously, that's yeah, I, that I
1: sucks. don't think this was a good day for Netflix, honestly. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> and um, but but the the other thing though that is sort of ironic, and we have talked about this for at least two or three years now with the proliferation of these different streaming services, is the rage against the machine from cord cutters like yourself, Chris was. Yeah. I can save money if I do this, and I don't need all this other stuff. And now we've looped back to this yes. reality where, in order to get all the channels, you're going to be paying more than what you paid for the cable yeah, package they, they are to in, begin with. They have been <laughs>
2: reinvented cable. This is cable. Look, we're going <laughs> to <laughs> bundle it all together. That You're just right. buying another bundle. Like, but No, but that's thing. the point,
0: is that this isn't a bundle. That's what. That's why this is so interesting to me, is because if this is a month-to-month thing, and again, like this is what I've been saying from the very beginning, is that television is so interesting now in that... If I want to watch a show, I can wait until next month when that show has completed its first run, its first season's run, pay for one month, quote unquote, and watch the show that I wanted to watch for 10 bucks or whatever it is, or even you know multiple shows on that one channel and then change the next month. Yeah. And so what's what's fascinating here to me is that I don't have to, and they said this from stage, I don't have to buy a bundle. I can buy all la cart. I can literally say this month, I know, like you said, uh you know March Madness is going on, so I want c b s so I can watch March Madness, so I choose that one channel this month or two channels, and I'm still under what I would know now, of course, if I want all the stuff, then you have to go back and pay a cable subscription. but what's nice here is is that if you don't want to. You can easily say, this month I'm doing that, this month I'm doing this, and I still have access to all of it, and if I want to go back, I can. There's just this nice freedom of being able to move back and forth and not being constrained to what a cable provider says. You no, know, you have to have uh, all of these channels in order to get the one you actually want. Now you can just go directly to where you want to go and not pay for all the garbage. That's wonderful well, for me. Maybe. We'll that's see. A- anyway, so that that was exciting. That That's kind of... I would say just a next step to what we already have, making things a little bit more convenient, which is what they called Apple TV channels. That's what we just discussed. They also uh, talked about their brand new exclusive in-house productions that they're calling Apple TV Plus. And basically they're starting original programming, uh, television shows um, that they have contracted out. Now, when they first announced this, the question is: is, well, what kind of stuff are they going to have? Well, it was... It was awesome, uh, and I think you shared, and even the screeners shared on Facebook uh, this video that they showed, um, oh man,
1: I loved it so much
0: just yeah, describing the creative process, I did too i honestly i hadn 't seen it when you shared it, so i wasn 't going to watch it. I wanted to see it in context of the of the reveal. But man, what a what a wonderful thing they, they They Apple, if nothing else, they know how to brand themselves. They know how to market. <laughs> yeah. um, and and this is really wonderful marketing. Um, it really is. But it, it definitely leaves you with a feeling of like, yeah, they're going back to the artists, man. So let's talk just briefly about um, the exclusives that they have. Kamal Nanjani is that how you say his name? Says name Nanjani. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Has got a documentary series that he is, I think, producing. No no no. It's uh, a
2: it's it's not a documentary series, it's an anthology oh, it's series. Right, yeah. right, right. That's right. It that's right. Awesome. It's based
0: it's based on yeah. real real stuff. That's yep. right, that's right. Yeah. Sesame Street's spinoff uh about coding is is coming out. I really wish I had preschool kids for that. That is be pretty amazing. Alfred Woodward and Jason Momoa are doing a sci fi post apocalyptic thing called C. That, that was um, the only one that I was like, eh, I don't know.
1: The the footage they showed looks great. No, man, until I great. saw the footage, then I would change my mind. Yeah. yeah, the footage looks
0: great. That's the only one that they presented that Daniel, I. Daniel, you don't even uh, like Game
1: of Thrones yet. You be quiet.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, like, I, that was probably my favorite one, uh, oh, if I'm wow. being totally honest. Wow. Yeah. I mean, okay, and Reese Witherspoon and. Um, Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell are working on a, which I'm guessing is going to be like a 30 minute comedy. Maybe it's mm. an hour. I don't know. They didn't say format, but it's like a morning show send up. It's um, called Morning Show. It's <laughs> called Morning Show. Exactly.
1: That one's all going to come down to the writing, but it looks great. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed and then before the big ones yeah i was trying to think if there's anything before the two big ones steven spielberg is doing amazing adventures is that what it's called amazing Amazing stories amazing stories stories, which was a correct if i'm wrong wasn't that a a show in the 80s wasn't that already on yeah i think then that was he was a producer on that too i believe Mm -hmm. if i'm not yes he was yep so anyway i'm I'm excited about that and that is a anthology it seems like everybody's doing that now um Netflix has Black Mirror. CBS All Access is doing the new Twilight Zone. And this is Apple's uh, kind of answer to that as an anthology series, which looks, looks very interesting. Uh, and then Oprah. Guys, Oprah mm. Winfrey is doing this. I could not tell exactly what she's doing, but it sounds like very conceptual. It sounds like a book club and show and all of the kinds of stuff that she's just doing uh, on the platform well, as well. Well, she
2: said two documentaries, Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And she, she gave a few details. I can't remember what, what she said they're about, but to me, that was an interesting, like, as that was like the climax of the, of the thing, right? That was like the big reveal. Uh, Maybe it's just that I'm not in the demographic. I think Oprah's great, but that, that, that was kind of like a, oh, that's the big reveal. Oh, okay. You know, that was a little bit of an underwhelming thing, but.
0: Well, I kind of liked, I liked it in that. I mean, again, like mar- they know how to market themselves. The video they showed beforehand, the idea of optimism and like being positive. Yeah. I like I like Apple's outlook on media as a whole, like the way that they have been always very I don't say wholesome, but I don't know. It, it it feels that way to me. And again, like I I'm like a part of that machine and there's no doubt I'm in the cults. Um, but I just I feel like I like that idea of putting out that positive stuff. Um, and making it something that is accessible, and like she said, so many of us carry these devices around. Wouldn't it be great to, like, every once in a while, see something positive on that screen rather than the negative stuff that happens almost everywhere else? Yeah. So that for me just kind of just just conceptually got me excited.
2: No doubt. And and the things that they didn't show, I mean, um, there there are quite a few shows that weren't really featured. Damien Chazelle has a TV show. I mean, so you yeah. know, I'm in for that one. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a musical TV show. I'm not entirely sure. Um, there's just lots of awesome stuff. Uh, they brought Sarah Bareilles and JJ Abrams up. What a pairing! Oh, that's Right? Yes. What a, what yes. a pairing. Uh, so that's cool. So yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited for the content. I think it's um, the only thing that bums me out is that it's another streaming service that I have to pay for. But obviously, the content here sounds sounds so great. Like they, they've got me. I'm in. But we got that one, and then in the Disney streaming service, which funny enough it's called disney plus i don't know why Mm -hmm. they both named it apple tv plus and disney plus but that's coming out in the fall as well so we're gonna have both of these new streaming services that both sound awesome coming out this fall so it's starting to get more streaming it's starting to get more and more expensive here
1: I'm hundred percent mm. in on, on this on this deal, whatever that looks like. And I was I was skeptical on Disney, but depending on what they're doing, I think Dude. I'm probably going to be in on Disney as well. Dude, it sounds so good. <laughs> Disney yeah.
2: sounds so good too.
1: Well, my hope is, and
0: I'll say this would be my last point, is that they again they they couched this uh, event as a services based event, right? Their news, their credit card, their arcade channels, and Apple TV Plus. And what I'm hoping is because Apple does so many services, my my hope is is they will bundle all of that so that it can be truly one thing like that. That's my that's my ultimate hope is that I get my I I pay for uh, Apple services, right? Whatever that is. And I get my iCloud. I get my. Whatever that my Apple TV Plus, my whatever, whatever it is, and I'm able to pay one one fee for that. And then if I want to add on, I I can. If I want to take off, I can. Uh, But I I the idea of having five or six uh, things hit my credit card every Mm -hmm. single month from Apple is a little bit obnoxious. And I'm hoping that. Because they didn't actually talk about pricing, um, I'm hoping that they will, they will discuss like, hey, listen, if you're all in on the Apple ecosystem, here's this one flat fee, and you get all of it. Your iCloud, yeah. you get your television, you get your services, you get your
1: arcade, you get all this stuff. Just bow down to the master, Chris, bow I, down. And, well, and the thing I'm skeptical. is that I'm all Apple. I'm, I'm skeptical Apple, that so they'll do
2: that. You know, I think that I th- they want to keep these things separate. Even though I agree it'd be a lot more about a lot more simple, but I, I don't anticipate that happening.
1: Yeah, I do think before we should go too, they did spend quite a bit of time in every segment mentioning the fact that this was going to be an ad free experience. Yes, and that great. they were not going to track Anything related to your viewing habits, when you watched what you watched, and they would not sell that information to any advertisers, which I thought was that got maybe the loudest applause (laughs) of the day every time they mentioned it. But what's crazy is that
0: that not only applies to television, that applied to the news you were reading, and it applied to the credit card, guys.
1: That's actually... Oh, yeah, I'm getting that card.
0: That's pretty impressive because, I mean, you think about how much marketing is done simply by credit card. I mean, you see it all the time. These credit card companies that get devastated, hacks, and suddenly we realize, oh, they've been selling, you know, our our purchase information Mm -hmm. and data. That's why I get that stuff in the mail. I mean, honestly, this is kind of a game changer, especially if they can actually do what they promised, keep all that secret. Suddenly, well, Apple's just taken over payment entertainment news yep. like this sounds like skynet you know what i mean like but <laughs> hey, at the same time it is convenient and be able to have it done privately if they can actually pull that off that's impressive and that in and of itself is a service i want all right so should we move on to uh to our main event what do you guys think i think so Let's do it. welcome to the main event jason jason where were you i didn't know if you were lost stick with me and i'll keep you safe
2: There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family?
0: Hi, can
1: I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Yeah, that is from the trailer for Jordan Peele's second feature film, Us. And the IMDB description reads, A family's serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers begins to terrorize them. So guys... Mm. Get Out was a massive success, Mm -hmm. Academy Award winning film, huge financial success, essentially gave Jordan Peele a blank check to do whatever he wanted to as a director next. And so my question to you as we begin to uh, do our review tonight is, do you think that this was a worthy successor to Get Out? And we don't have to compare. These films they are obviously very different, but this is, we might as well say right at the beginning, uh, this is another huge financial success, $20 million budget and a $70 million uh, opening weekend. It's going to make, I think it was the third highest horror film opening of all time. And at this point, Jordan Peele can do no wrong. Yeah, before we
2: dive into review, can we talk about that for a second? I think, I I saw somebody tweet, I, I can't remember who. I think it it looks like Jordan Peele now is kind of a brand unto himself now. Kind of like, I mean, not to the same level, but kind of like Christopher Nolan, Tarantino. Like, the reason this movie was so successful is because of him not because of the film itself necessarily the reason it was smashing records is cuz oh it's Jordan Peele's next movie right which i think is yeah. awesome that he's kind of just now he's he's got this brand hopefully that continues to his next films but that's that's kind of a remarkable thing that's rare it, that that a director commands that sort of
0: attention it reminds me a lot more of him like shyamalan if i'm being completely oh, sure, honest sure. with you yeah,
2: yeah that's that's a good comparison yeah just because
0: it's in the same genre and his first film was so highly acclaimed yeah. that you know whatever came next people were gonna go see
2: yeah that's a great comparison for sure
1: absolutely and so uh, with that comparison in mind uh Chris <laughs> yeah. let's start with you tell us is this a worthy follow-up to get out what did you think of us
0: see, it's so funny you're asking me that question because the thing that I was going to say in this review is I don't want to compare this to to get out hmm. um, because I don't think it I don't think it does well when you compare it to Get Out. I feel like Get Out was so incredibly well-crafted and done. Its themes were subtle and yet uh, obvious enough uh, that you could walk out and feel like, man, that was something I've never seen before. That was incredible. I think uh, Us isn't quite there for me. It was not quite as, how do I say this? It didn't work on the same level that Get Out did. Us is just a little more I don't want to say maybe straightforward. The the conclusions it comes to specifically, I was just not as enamored with. I guess that's the way I'll say this. Us, I wasn't as quite as enamored with as I was uh, with Get Out. But in in the same vein, this is this is enjoyable. It is well crafted. It is well made. The actors are fantastic. The sequences of dread and uncertainty and creepiness are amped to 11, but the conclusions it comes to, I just was not quite as floored by the, as I was with, um, with his earlier film. So anyway, I, I, I really had a good time here. I'm still processing this film. I just saw it a few hours ago. Um, so for me, I'm still kind of like trying to figure out, I'm very interested to see what you guys think. Cause I think Your thoughts may shape my thoughts, but for me, you know, it just wasn't quite as amazing or awe-inspiring as Get Out was. This one was just kind of like, yeah, that was good. I, I
1: enjoyed it. Okay. And we should say right at the beginning that it's going to be, we say this quite often, but in the the case of us, yeah. it's going to be almost impossible for us to adequately review this film without jumping into spoilers Definitely. very quickly. So we're going to keep this spoiler-free section rather brief and then jump right in. But along that same line, Daniel, do you agree with Chris? Is this just good or did you uh, like it a little more?
2: I, I'm very similar. I've... I feel very similar to the same way that, that Chris does. I had a lot of the same words in my notes here that Us is is a lot more straightforward as a, as a monster movie. Now, mm-hmm. I'll also echo what Chris said about Get Out. Get Out was kind of one of those lightning strikes it's kind of like that was that was a once in a career kind of film for for most filmmakers you know hopefully Jordan Peele can do it again but it's it's kind of like trying to trying to compare the two is just so gonna be so hard because I mean that is in in my opinion that's one of the best films of the decade I mean I it is it's just a phenomenal film and so it would you know it was kind of unfair going in with those expectations kind of anything would kind of Underwhelm compared to a film like get out so that doesn't remotely mean that us is a bad movie on the contrary i think us is a fantastic movie i think it's awesome i think it's a really really great movie but yeah it it's not as good as get out and that's okay it doesn't have to be i think uh, us is great i think it is an awesome monster movie you know um I think the very best thing about us is how unique it feels, even compared to Get Out. It feels like a very different film than that. It's it's really funny, probably overall funnier than I expected it to be, but it's also really chilling and really creepy. The film has so much to say, and you can feel it as you're watching it. Uh, you can feel how thought, how thought through it was, uh, all the themes, you can so much so that you can't pick it all up as you're watching it from just one viewing. It leaves you with questions, but it's also the type of film that you need to see again, you need to talk about, read about, because you know the answers are in there. And so it's one of those movies that's kind of fun to dissect and talk about. So that's why I'm excited to go into spoilers. I agree with Chris. Lupita Nyong'o's performance is so good i mean she leaves the film in two performances uh yeah. just so so phenomenal and two, two very different performances she does it very very well and, and her performance elevates a lot of the material that would feel silly maybe in, in, a, in somebody else's hands so the movie as a whole is is wild it's weird it's bloody and very extremely entertaining uh, my my one of my only complaints uh is that and i'm very interested to talk about this with you guys in in spoilers is I saw the ending coming from a mile away. And so due to two. Okay, good. Everybody I saw it with
0: did not, and, and oh so, man yeah i was yeah. hoping that's not what was gonna th- 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 i was hoping that wasn't the case but i'm i'm confused by it even though it was so i need to talk to you guys yeah so we'll
2: it, talk so. about it so i i, I like the t- i like the twist i just thought there was going to be another one like because i thought it was so obvious that yes, yes i thought yes, there was exactly. gonna be something else there and so when the movie ended i was actually a little bit surprised that it was over because like oh i thought like something else was going to happen. So anyway, uh, we'll, we'll dive into to, into what I mean by that. But uh, yeah, overall, I think it is a fantastic movie. Really, really great movie. A good good horror film, for sure.
1: So Chris is, thinks it's good. Daniel thinks it's a fantastic horror film. I, mm, yeah, so this is a tough one. This is a movie that I think does a lot of things very, very well. And at the same time, I'm going to disagree with both of you from the standpoint that you both said you feel like this film is more straightforward than Get Out. I actually think the polar opposite of that is true. Uh, And specifically, I'm talking about the themes. Now, you could take Get Out and this movie and take every metaphor out of it and just watch it as straight horror slash thriller film. And in that case, what you're saying is true. But I think that... The themes in this movie are so multitudinous and convoluted compared to Get Out. Oh, yeah. No, that totally. It really weighs this movie down in in a way that it almost doesn't recover from, in my opinion. And again, we can't really get into it without talking spoilers. So my, my kind of general thoughts on this, uh, talk about the good. The acting is unbelievable. A director's job is to elicit great performances from his actors. That's really his primary job. Now, obviously, it helps when you have Lupita <laughs> Lupita and Yango, uh, but her for, her performance is stellar. It's a, it's award worthy, I think. Uh, Winston Duke is funny. Daniel mentioned the humor in this movie. Uh, he is he gives it a much needed comic relief mm-hmm. and a break from the tension. Although there's there are moments of familial comedy that happens. It's really funny as well. I'll tell you somebody else who I thought was great is Elizabeth Moss, mm-hmm. who I'm not typically a fan of. I liked her in Mad Men, uh, not quite as much in Handmaid tale, but I think he or she is magnificent as well. So Jordan Peel, if anything, he can get great performances from his actors. Another thing that's good is the filmmaking craft. Uh, it looks great. The sound design is very creepy and effective. He has a really solid visual sensibility as a director. I think the blocking and framing, especially in a couple scenes, is really outstanding. I think the editing in this film is really fantastic. There are a couple of confrontations that happen that we can't talk about specifically where you're kind of cross cutting between different things and it's masterful it's really really great it builds on the it builds on the tension and i really enjoyed that you
0: always have a good sense of place i agree with you on that you, that, do. That's, that you could be very confusing but i never felt confused about mm-hmm. where i was
1: yeah and that's there's true. a lot of, a lot going on oh yeah um I also love the fact that Jordan Peele seems to be a nerd, a film geek, and so he (laughs) is loading his movies with Easter eggs. When he's in the 80s, you're seeing Goonies, you're seeing Chud. There's a, a lot of homages to Jaws in this movie, and when we get into spoilers, I'll talk about some more of those. But overall... This movie is not scary. I do agree that it is creepy in places, but as a horror film lover, overall, I think this is a good movie. I don't think it's fantastic or awesome, but I do think it is a good, solid film that where the performances really elevate the material. But as a horror movie, it doesn't really succeed As much, you know, Jordan Peele has—he is a message filmmaker, right? He's a political filmmaker in it, in as much as he has a point of view, which is what the best auteurs do. They're trying to make us think, but it also ultimately has to succeed in whatever genre it is as an entertainment. And while this movie was entertaining, I don't think it succeeds as a horror movie, and not really even as much as a thriller. Now, that may be me personally because I've seen hundreds of horror movies, but to me, this felt more like an expanded version. Of a Black Mirror or a Twilight Zone than it does a Absolutely. horror movie. Absolutely, don't disagree. Absolutely, yeah. don't disagree. and so, and I don't mean that as in it's not the quality of a film. It obviously is, but it didn't feel like a fully baked concept. And when we get into spoilers, I'll talk about that a little more. But overall, I think uh, I think we can all agree that the craft is really good. The performances are really good. But it sounds like for all three of us, there was just a little something that didn't connect quite as much. So uh, we'll get into spoilers and talk about what that is specifically. But before I do, anything else you guys want to mention before we make our recommendations?
0: I just want to say, I agree with you that I think the A to B is what I mean is so uh, simple. Like yeah. the, the, the overall like plot, but I do agree with you. There is, it does feel crowded, with meaning does that I, I agree with you on on that chad that like there are so many things that you could like try and connect and what did he mean by that and what is it there's all kinds of wonderful rabbit uh trails to go down with your friends afterwards and say what what, what is he trying kinds. to say <laughs> yeah and and it, it, and that's true and it some of that just feels does feel cheap at some point like you start to feel like okay maybe a little bit too much but i think what i'm trying to say is is that like the actual the actual thing that it is, I just feel like is 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 pretty simple. I think the other stuff is a con- little bit more convoluted than it needed to be.
1: All right. Well, let's get into spoilers so we can talk specifics. But before we do, Chris, we'll start with you. Yeah. Is this theater worthy? Should they rent it? Should they stream it on an existing platform or skip it altogether?
0: I'd say you're fine probably renting this. But I think um, more important and the thing that I'm glad and, and very happy that I get to do tonight is have somebody discuss it with. So if you want – obviously, if you want to be in the conversation, you need to go see this movie in the theater now so that while it's culturally relevant, you can discuss it with your friends. I think that's where this movie is going to be interesting. If you're not interested in having that conversation, I would say renting at home would be fine. I, I don't know that this is necessary. I saw this in IMAX for some reason. It's not necessary to see an IMAX.
2: Did it, it released in IMAX? I wasn't even – Yes. Think it
1: did. I, I saw it in IMAX this afternoon. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay, so Chris says uh, it's a rental. Daniel, same question to you.
2: I would say I'm, I'm the very weakest I can be on theater, I think. because, And the only reason I say that is is horror films, uh, like good comedies, are, are really good to see with an audience. Because it, right. it just feels different. So not necessarily need to rush out, but I think it's fun to see it uh, with, a, with a good crowded theater. That enhanced my experience for sure.
1: Boy, I hate to pull a Daniel here tonight and give a split answer on this question. Do it. Because I do think one of the most part of what I have enjoyed about seeing us, and I mentioned this in our Slack channel earlier, is when I came back and was putting my notes together for this review, I just could not stop writing them. I would think about one thing and then think about another, and... That is a testament to what the filmmaker is doing. There is clearly a lot to talk about and to think about and to unpack. So for that experience, it's kind of like the lost experience that Chris and Melody used to have yes. back in the day. Yes. It was the community and the things outside of the show that Agreed. made the show that much better. Yes. So in that regard, I think this movie has a lot of value taken just as a piece of entertainment, I'm actually going to agree with Chris and say that I think it's rental worthy. Although from a craft standpoint, it's f- really excellent. So, if you're one of those people that likes to dig in and and search for the meaning and get behind all of the the things that the that the director would have for you cuz he also wrote the screenplay, then then I would say see this in the theater, but if you're just looking for a rollicking good thriller, this is this may work for you, but probably Surf best as a rental so with that guys we have a lot to talk about let's jump into spoilers for us the first rule of fight club is you do not talk about bike club
2: well you look nervous is it the scars
0: you want to know how i got them but there's so many places it would never occur to hawk to hawk
2: However, the reason the Führer has brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur
0: to me. Because I'm aware of what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity.
2: in the dream I knew that he was
0: going on ahead. he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there and all that dark and all that cold.
1: And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. I think to color this conversation, let's start with the the ending, the twist, quote-unquote. Let's explain what happened for our audience, just so that everybody knows we're on the same page. And that is the way that we are led to believe this entire film, even though it sounds like both you and Daniel, Chris, you guys figured this out early.
0: Well, I don't know if I figured
1: it out. It was just a theory. I, I mean, it's just one of those, like,
0: I'm hoping that that's not where they're fully going. But I'm confused as to how even it works. So say what you're going to say and then I can
1: we are led to believe that Adelaide as a young girl wanders into this mirror maze yeah boardwalk mirror maze she finds her tether we're led to believe that she ran out and escaped this uh, and that it traumatized her but that she went on to live a normal life with a, a husband and family turns out that what actually happened was her doppelganger kidnapped her and took her down below with the with the others the other um what should we call them I guess the tethered the The tethered yeah Yeah, and they switched places and so she she pretended that she was mute so that her family just thought it was the trauma she grew up and then forgot uh, evidently legitimately forgot about this tragedy where she was raised yeah. Um, and then took over this life, which, again, th- there's some flaky plot things, but that's that's where, what we're to believe, I think, at this point.
0: Well, apparently both girls forgot. Like, that's yes. the thing that and doesn't then, make any sense to me, but continue, uh, yes.
1: Yeah, and then Red uh, was actually Adelaide, and so Red then leads this... Uh, uprising of the tethers one of the last things that she saw before she went into this was this hands across america relief effort that actually happened in the 80s and so she uses that as a catalyst to coach up these people from the uprising from the depths to then come and murder their others and then hold hands across america to make a statement so that's the twist at the end and so it makes you have to reconsider everything that you saw before that does it though so (laughs) does it? <laughs> or, or maybe it doesn't. So, guys, where do you, where do you want to jump in?
2: Well, like I said, yeah, I I definitely as soon as they were talking about how Adelaide wasn't talking as a child after the after that incident, I was like, okay, so they switched places. And next, like that was it was just like it was extremely clear to me that that was where they were going. So like I said, in in my earlier thoughts so much so that I thought, well, surely that's not the big twist. That's going to be like a twist towards the end. And then they're going to do another thing and, and kind of wrap it all up. But, but no, that was it. That was, that was the big twist.
0: I was thinking that it was soon as, because, you know, it happens pretty quickly where we see the family. It's kind of creepy. They're standing outside, you know, in the shadows, the tethered family, and then they break in and then they get everybody, the, the the whatever we want to call them, the real family on the couch. I thought at that point, the mom was going to reveal herself to be who, because there's like an exposition dump mm-hmm. there. And then there's also another exposition dump that happens when she reveals other things later in the film, but not that point. So I just, it's so, it was weird to me that, it didn't happen in either of those places. I was just expecting them to, that I thought, well, maybe I'm completely wrong and I just misread that moment, the obvious moment of they switched places at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the film. Uh, and then when they're driving and they reveal it to actually have happened, I was like, but what What does this twist add to the movie? Like, what What does it actually do to the movie? I don't know. The only thing it maybe it does is that it... The the switching is what creates the uprising. Like that's like the the, the 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 that switch is what. But I don't understand because like the tethers like mirror everything. We're led. To, we're shown like what you do on the surface. The tethers below us are doing as well, right? They're like following along with us, moving in the same direction, eating the same way that we're eating. But so what? What that means is, is that when they switched places. The other girl did the exact same thing. She just fell in line. The the real girl who was kidnapped fell in line. And then at some point they have a ballerina thing and she decides to rebel against it. I just don't understand how that adds anything, realizing that they've switched. Like, what does that add to the,
1: the narrative? I have, some, I have some thoughts on that. Sort of but sure. I don't know that I agree that the dance was that she rebelled i think i think within that dance is where she proved to the to the tethers down below that she was more than and that she was different and that she could use that to show the connection in a sl- in a different way obviously why they would follow her which this is where it gets really weird because there's yeah. so many things that don't make sense is it just that simple for them to go up and down that escalator and they right. can all be out yeah. and yes. why haven't why hasn't someone done it before now and it's just all of this convoluted can they get pregnant i guess they do or they can have kids it's just it's a it's a very strange situation where you know, ambiguity can be good, but in when it starts getting specific to plot, it can be confusing, and so there's a lot of unanswered things around well, that. But I mean, what were is you a- thinking, Daniel?
2: Well, no, I, I have ideas on the themes, not not the specific of how, but uh, you know, Chris was saying, uh, what does it add? I, I, I would say thematically, it adds a lot. I agree. There are all the, the I I agree with all those questions you just asked. Those are all very valid questions that are unanswered in terms of the physical like how does this world work but but thematically i think it, you know i read this article from uh, collider matt goldberg wrote a great piece on uh, kind of his interpretation of the ending that i that it was one of those pieces where as you read it it's kind of like oh wow yeah that's that's exactly what it means it kind of makes you like the movie a lot more so i highly recommend you guys go read that piece it really emphasizes th- the, the nature of this film is that it's it's about nature versus nurture, right? So, so um, we're led to believe that the the tethered, you know, the government created them and that they're they're soulless, right? They couldn't replicate the souls, but these two switched places and somehow at the Adelaide, who was initially one of the tethered, grows up to be per- relatively normal, perfectly normal person seems to have a soul all these things whereas the person who was born above above ground lives below ground and now is is soulless right and so it's all it's a it's a nature versus nurture thing right so the people that were around there's the environment they're that around that's where our soul kind of develops or comes from so i thought that whole perspective on on the twist oh, really
0: really man. amplifies things a lot so i feel like you have to really read in to get i mean maybe but i don't okay all right yeah I, I so
1: speaking it. of reading in i I have I wrote down maybe five different things that I thought that it could be, and none of them were nature versus interesting. Nurture. interesting. Yeah, although that's what I'm cle- saying. Although I can clearly see that when you say that, it makes sense, and, and I think therein lies some of the problems. Sure, one of the reasons that I personally love the horror genre is that it is a perfect vehicle for social commentary and, and critique. It's and, and it's obvious that Pill has a lot to say in this movie. There is no doubt but that's also one of the main problems that I have with it. If you look at it like this, so get out to me was a was a puzzle piece of a movie and it all snapped into place like a magic trick at the end of the film and it was clear what he was trying to say in that message and although it was subtle, we all got what what mm. the theme that he was saying. With this movie, it's, again, a puzzle piece, but if you only had half the pieces to the puzzle. So when it comes together, you're left to sort of interpret as you will. And, and I mentioned this earlier, while some would just from a high level, just say that ambiguity is a strength. For me, it watered down the potential emotional impact that it could have had because there are so many different metaphorical takeaways that I left feeling dissatisfied. So Daniel, so when you, when you mention that as one of the readings, I can't definitively say, no, that's definitely not it because maybe it is. It's okay that it doesn't give us all the answers. I don't want it to spell it out, but at, at some point, you you have to take into account the fact that the more ambiguous that you go and the more that you can read into this, then the, the higher the probability that people are going to fill in their own blanks and it may or may not work. I mean, I think this currently sits at a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes and the audience score, I think, is like 62% or something like that. And I don't think that's people trolling this movie. I, I think yeah. it's probably a lot of people walk out of this and they're challenged by it. But not necessarily in a way that makes them think because their options are so myriad. And at some point I'll, I'll run through kind of the different ones that, that, that I think. But I, I, I agree with you that in this case, the reading could be any number of things. What did you take out of it?
0: Th- this is the problem for me is, is that I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I'm going to do what I said not I wasn't going to do. That is, so Get Out was you thought was all about racism the entire time. But like you said, the magic trick was not only obviously it was about all that stuff because as you're watching it's very obvious what's happening but there also is this interesting sci-fi concept that you had no idea was coming and it like whacked you (laughs) i mean not to be punny but whacked you over the head right i mean like at the end and you were like oh it works on that level too it wasn't just about that it was about this too this for me didn't quite work that way like i understood the kind of the 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 context of, of of you know their friends the way that they acted you know uh, the elizabeth moss character and her husband and like some of the the interactions that they had uh with them the idea that you know the police don't ever arrive uh if you are you know of a certain persuasion but then we realize later in the film it was because there's an actual worldwide event i I'm, i think this, the for me the sci-fi didn't work in this in this movie the themes were a little bit muddy, and so when I walked out, I was just like, "I'm not exactly sure what I thought. I'm not exactly sure where I was, what I was, where I was being led, and what I should take away from it." And so that's kind of what I'm hoping you guys
1: will be able to yeah. to tell me because I don't know. I really so, don't. Yeah. Daniel, I, what about you? Did you take away something specific?
2: No, I one thousand percent agree with what you guys are saying. I I I absolutely agree that this movie is thematically muddy. Is that I think. I mean, I, I think he did that. I clearly think he did that on purpose. Like, I don't think that was an accident that he hit the themes he wanted just didn't come across. I really think it was intentional that he was trying to be kind of, what do you take out of it? But I, I, I don't think that landed very well. So I 1,000% agree with that. Even still... I think that as you think more about the film and kind of whatever comes out, I'm very curious to to hear what you thought Chad but I think I think it still works and it's still fantastically entertaining but I 100% agree it is definitely very very muddy.
1: I do think it works too as a as a self-contained story. So if you guys will indulge me just for like 3 minutes, maybe less, I'll just, read, I'll just read through the stuff that I thought that this could be as I was putting my notes together. So number one, you can clearly just take this movie as a straight horror thriller but it does then dip its toe into the realm of sci-fi at the end like you had mentioned Chris. You said it didn't work for you but it does It does meet all those tropes. You've got a shady government agency who created the tethered as a means to control people above but then it's discovered that you can't replicate the soul but you can clone the body so the project is abandoned which leads directly into the the exploration of duality as it relates to us and what it actually means to be human, which is what sci-fi is all about. Now, the way this movie ends, though, it's a little more complicated than that because at the end, we have essentially a tethered who is kidnapped and eventually killed a human and is led to a revolt that's resulted in the massacre of thousands of people, all in the pursuit of her wanting a better life for herself. We've seen that she has a soul, so she has a husband, children whom she legitimately loves. And so she's not a hero or is she? So that's then circles back on what does it mean to be human? What makes that tethered? Human. That's one way you could look at it. Another way you could view it is a critique of the United States. Well, yeah, they our, make that. That's right. They do right? say, What are you? We're our, Americans. Right? And our country's obsession with excess to the detriment of the quote, outsider and the poor. You can view the movie as a commentary of refugees who just want to have a better life but are ignored and unknown by the prosperous. Even the use of the Helping Hands Across America, which was an actual effort to feed the poor and the hungry in 86, the fact that people above are not even aware of what the cost is, the human cost is, for them to have all of the excess that they have and the comfort highlights the fact that we easily can become complacent with what we have without actually considering what it takes to get it often to the detriment of others, which then circles back to the question of losing our identity, our search for identity. Who are we? Right. And this is a could easily be construed as a critique against excess and American consumerism. You could also view this movie as a as a commentary on our ability to be our own worst enemies, especially in light of the polarized times in which we live. The clear message here is that you can be so convinced that the other is the enemy when often self-examination is required to arrive at a place of empathy that results in pe- the two sides coming together to create one. But instead, we fight and try to kill each other, even though we're the two sides of the same coin. So that's a very surface reading, but it could be read that way almost done, sorry. You can also view this as a biblical allegory. There is tons of biblical symbolism in this movie. Adelaide, the little girl at the beginning, is literally eating an apple as she enters this place where it says, enter to find yourself. On the way in, she sees the thing about Jeremiah 11 and 11, the sign on the way in. Jeremiah, the prophet in the Bible, in the book of Jeremiah, that whole book is about him calling the Jews who are in exile out of idolatry and warning them and saying that it is so bad what they have done that even God will not come to their rescue. And one of the first things that Jeremiah says when God is calling him is that he doesn't know how to speak well. We see this motif over and over again that Adelaide is the only one who can speak. She's the only one uh, who can speak when she enters the upper world. She pretends to be mute. Both of the girls experience trauma. They each discover the other and realize that there's a different world they didn't know about and have to adapt to their new worlds. So in this regard, Art Adelaide is essentially the Jeremiah who feels called to the surface to call these people on their idolatry, because even though they're not even aware of it, which circles back to the consumerism thing, even to the point that when you need help, you're so lost in what you do and what you have that there will be no help for you. So there's another thing you can do. Sorry. You yeah, need to sorry.
0: apologize. Keep going, man. I, so, listen, anyway, I haven't
1: had, I haven't had and, enough
0: time to to process all this. So as you're talking, I, I'm literally like thinking to myself, yeah. I need to think more about it. So,
1: yeah. Continue. And so the problem, I guess the problem with all of this is that I really think that all of those viewpoints that I just said are valid right. and that if you were to break into that film, I think that the film actually gives you evidence that would support each one of those readings and more like this nature versus nurture thing. Right. So I'm not asking for a simplification and goodness knows I want more of Jordan Peele to keep making whatever it is that he is inspired to make because yay for original cinema. But I think in this specific film, he just overextended his thematic grasp. And as a result, I let, I couldn't help leaving the film feeling somewhat dissatisfied because I didn't know what to feel while you, one could say that is the point I would say that sometimes less is more. A little more clear direction would have been helpful for this. That's
2: exactly what I was going to say. It's a lack of clarity, right? It's a lack of, you know, he was trying to say so much that the audience doesn't leave necessarily with what he wants them to leave with. They just leave with whatever they're thinking of or whatever they might have misread, which, yeah, I wish we had left with what Jordan Peele wants us to leave with, and I don't think we did that. Um, I totally agree because I I, th- I think all of your readings were were valid and uh, and really intriguing for sure. Um, you know, it kind of the the one you, you were talking about. What does it mean to be human is similar to to the reading that I had. You know, kind of taking the the nature versus nurture kind of thing is very similar. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I wish there was more clarity, but it still it still works as as a straightforward film.
1: It does, although I do have to say the the basic horror movie tropes that were so expertly subverted in Get Out are on full display in this movie. People doing dumb things that they would never do or should not do. The, the father being completely useless at the end uh, just drove me nuts. It was like, I don't care if my leg was falling off. There's no way I'm staying in that ambulance. <laughs> and, and Adelaide getting out of the car after they... Th- throw the girl off yeah, the, that was the weird. windshield and that was walking bizarre. into the come on man those are just those are just silly silly things to do just little things like why did adelaide's family why were they i understand why adelaide may have been spared at the beginning but why are why is her family Spared and toyed with, and everybody else, they just immediately get killed. So, with a filmmaker like Jordan Peele, I have to ask myself: He doesn't do anything by accident. So, what's the commentary there? What is he trying to say there? I don't know. That's
0: that's a good point. I was going to ask you guys that, and I didn't know if you had an answer or not because, like, immediately when they show up to that the the white family's home, they are brutally murdered instantly, Mm -hmm. Um, and they could have done the exact same thing to you know, to the family. And the only thing I can think of is because she's the one who started the uprising and she wants to play with them for a little bit. You know what I mean? She's, I want to say, like, smarter. You know what I mean? Like, further evolved. Kind of like in the Planet of the Apes films, she's just more aware of her surroundings and she's just woken up the other tethers and they're still trying to figure things out and they're still going more on uh, instinct. You know, but for me... I definitely agree with that. uh, For me, like, I, I just... Like there's so much symbolism that it almost is overwhelming. Like I'm just I'm just looking through like the the uh, images on IMDb and like c- can you remind me why they each have a glove on their right hand and they're carrying shears and I know why they're wearing the red because that was what was on the image of the everybody across America. But do you remember? Do we know the symbolism I, between those two yeah, things?
1: I don't know about the scissors, mm-hmm. but I think the the single glove is a Michael Jackson homage because the girl had a Thriller shirt yeah. when she went down, and Michael Jackson in the '80s was the jump, and actually the jumpsuit and the single glove. I think that's a clear Michael Jackson homage. Scissors, I do not know. I do okay. not know.
0: Same All right, because I mean that's a part of the marketing. I thought it was going to be a big deal, and it just it, it never. And never made you well. Know. Just
1: there's a lot of coincidence in here. So, like, what, are we to believe that Gabe, who's the father, so to all of these people, did they come out of Santa Cruz, or did this happen everywhere? Because Gabe had to be in Santa Cruz in the 80s, otherwise, how did his mirror or his tether come out to get him at that precise? Oh, moment? if they
0: follow you, they fall. Fo- they're they're always underneath you, always. Yes, that's the the scene that they show Mm -hmm. is them on the boardwalk, and they literally mirror. Like, as you're walking along the boardwalk, you're eating a hot dog, and they're underneath eating, like, dead rabbit or whatever. Okay, I missed that. They're they're literally mirroring every movement that you do. So they're always there. And she even says that when she sits down the very first time and starts speaking to the family on the couch. She's like... The shadow always follows and doesn't get what we want. We have to do what you want. Um, gotcha. And so, like, this
1: is gotcha. there is. There's just a lot there. There's a lot on. I hated I, that scene, by the way. That exposition dump is one of the worst. Up, both up of to, them. Both up, of that yeah. sequence
0: on the couch and the one when she's on the um, drawing on the chalkboard was both but just the like the one with on the
1: couch though. Leading up to that one. That, this movie was a rocket ride, man. So good. I, I yeah. was like, here we go. So good. Here I, we go. I mean, it was great. And then every piece of momentum that was built up yes. just completely stopped. And, I think that, that, uh, that, that, and it was hard to get those stakes back.
0: I agree with you. I think this movie was fantastic when it was the Jaws, which was we didn't know who the. Yeah. Ba- the, the you know, we, we didn't put a. Uh, i don't know uh, a facade or like any kind of like characterization on them but the moment that he says they're us and they say the name of the title of the movie for me it was just kind of downhill from there It was kind of like them trying to get to the point where that would make sense that there could be a mirror of them for the longest time though i thought i was sitting in another mother uh where everything <laughs> where everything was more thematic and none of it was real. But I think we're supposed to take from this that it actually all happened. Um yeah. and that was what I was hoping well, that it wasn't going to I thought it was gonna be more of like a fantasy world and it was, you know, all happening, I don't know, more, more, more well, fantasy wise, but it didn't. What I loved
2: though is that uh the and it was because of the marketing and because of the first the beginning of the movie I had no idea that this was a worldwide thing or nationwide, yeah. whatever. I I I kind of liked that. Like that 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 twist really surprised me. Um, yes. As soon as they start killing the uh, Elizabeth Moss and her family, I was like, okay, let's go. There are more of them. Okay, I'm in. So I I, I like that switch. But I totally agree that um, the whole house home invasion. The, before they sit down, was fantastic. It was so good because of the mystery, because we had no idea what was going on, and they sat down. I thought the explanation came so fast, so early yeah. on, that I yeah. was very shocked.
1: Uh, one other question, too, I had uh, of you guys, and we can, we can wrap it up here. This has been a great discussion, but what, uh, I thought that they clearly said in that one of those exposition dumps that they couldn't The the people above, when they, the untethering, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, was going to happen and they couldn't control the people. But somehow Jason, the young boy, Jason at the Mm -hmm. end starts walking backwards and he controls his tether all of the sudden. But that hasn't happened at any other point in the film. Did anybody make any sense of what was happening there? No,
2: I was very confused by that. I didn't understand because you're right. It didn't happen anywhere else. So I didn't know if it was
0: more mimicry like that's not true it it happened it happened in the um i think it's just the connection that they had in the closet like he would do one thing and he would do he seemed like again like many of these that are not the mother are not quite woken up and so i think you can still trance them back into being the slave or the the hmm. shadow and like that's what to me that's what I took of it is that like he was because there was a connection there because they had that moment in the closet where he would lift up the, the, the light. And then the other guy would lift up the light and then would touch hands and move around or whatever that I think mm. he was like going back to form. You know what I mean? Like what he had been doing his entire life. And so in this moment he was brave or whatever stood out and then, you know, had I don't him. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what you're supposed to believe.
1: That's what happened. I don't know, dude. I don't okay. know. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, believe I believe that what you're saying is true. I just didn't I didn't pick up that that reading. I was very confused. Sure. I mean, I so. was confused for for a lot of the pl-
0: night not not plot. How do I say this? Like the beat by beat of this yeah. this film. I was very confused All by it. All right. The I have to say
1: it. one good thing before we wrap up spoilers. I loved I mean, absolutely loved the jaws homage sequence when the dad is on the boat. Oh, yes. he's, he's trying yeah. to get away. And first of all, you got the young boy on the beach who's wearing the jaw shirt. And then yep. we get this set piece with Winston Duke's character, the dad. And it's the only, in my opinion, although the home invasion was thrilling, I think this was the only truly inventive set piece. I, I literally laughed out loud when after he hits his tether with the bat, and he falls in. The motor starts, and then he falls into the Damn, water. Yeah. It was excellent, uh, and then you get this jaws. Uh, homage where the boat is dragging abraham under the water circles back and stalls right behind him so we know the creature is there just like the barrels and jaws and it's so much scarier to let your imagination do the work i loved that sequence
0: oh that's, that's i didn't even i didn't even pick up on the 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 barrels that, that's a that is a good point you can't see what's under the water but you know yeah, something's but there but you know it's there but yeah it's there. that's good that's a good that's a good point i do I like love that. it that's so excellent. anything
1: else anything else guys before uh, before we move to our top three It sounds like we've been hammering this movie. It is pretty good. I mean, Daniel likes it more than pretty good. It's
0: one of those movies where you sit down and the entire time... Here's what I would say. If you really want to enjoy this movie, I would say sit down and don't try and figure it out. Like, I think the entire time for me, I was just trying to find the theme. I was trying to... Because of Get Out as a roadmap, I was trying to say what is jordan saying here what is what am i being what are these characters doing and i think i may have been trying to dig too deep rather than just let the movie be what it is i just i think i think it'd be much more enjoyable that way than you sitting there trying to as the film is going on uh interpret it and come back out and have a conversation with friends and and see where they're at i think that would be more interesting than i what i did which was sit there by myself in a theater at three o'clock in the afternoon, trying to figure out what this movie was saying to me while it was happening.
2: I agree. I think that's exactly what I did. I think I, I think it it does as its own film stand on it. You know, I think it stands well on its own. I think when you try to dig deep. There's, there, there's some muddiness there. There's some definitely things you can nitpick and things that don't quite make sense. But it's still fun. It's still a fun, enjoyable thriller horror film that, that is absolutely worthwhile and um, doesn't diminish uh, – You know the, the muddiness doesn't diminish the excitement I have for Jordan Peele as a filmmaker. And so I still am excited for whatever he comes out with next. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say,
0: like, and, and I, I'm ex- it makes me more excited because this makes a very good – case for a wonderful twilight zone episode so i'm yeah. excited yeah. to see yeah. what what that looks this like this weekend with
1: with that i can totally agree although i'm going to be a little more negative and say i don't think without the without the depths to mine this doesn't work as well for me as a horror slash thriller film but it's well made and i absolutely cannot wait i mean cannot wait to see what he does next so keep doing it jordan because we just talked for like an hour about uh, a horror movie so that's always awesome so with that let's jump into our top three. Three, two, one. the top three
2: well in honor of a film that chad says isn't very scary we are going to talk about our top three scariest movie scenes ever top three scariest movie scenes ever okay so as always, you can interpret this however you want. You can, uh, whatever scariest means to you, whatever movie means, or okay, whatever scenes mean to you. That's <laughs> that's what we're doing here. And so we are going to talk about those. Personally, before we dive in, I don't watch a lot of horror movies, so my contributions to this list will be very few. I don't have a, a lot of great insight here, but I know that Chad Guyton is obsessed with horror movies, so we're going to start with you, Chad. What is your number three scariest movie scene?
1: Well, this was a difficult list for me to put together because the more you watch horror films throughout the years, the more, and and of course, working on uh, the production side of life, you begin to recognize a lot of the tells for jump scares and things of that nature. So, I actually had to back up in my history and find the three times. And this is going to be a kind of journey through my childhood where I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> I, I did the
0: same thing. This is my list, too, is what I was personally I, scared. Yes. I
1: had to because all three of these I was legit scared. Number three for me is the most recent. And after I saw this movie with a group of friends and after it was over, we started prank calling each other. Because we were so scared. And that is the American version of the ring. The uh, Yes. Yeah, seven days. We started calling each other on the phone at midnight going seven days and hanging up. And specifically, it's not the ending where, uh, I guess we should say spoilers for The Ring, but it's not the very ending scene where she comes out of the television, although that was certainly chilling. It's the actual tape itself. Uh It's the tape when you watch it. It is so creepy and eerie, and when you watch it in the context of that film... I mean even though I was a little older I was still young enough to be scared by that by that film and so that that's my number 3 the ring.
2: All right, good pick. I enjoy the ring quite a bit. That's a good, that's a really good uh horror film. All right. Uh Chris,
0: what is your number 3 scariest movie scene's ever? So just like Chad said, this is going to be a list of times that I was personally scared um and two out of the three films are not horror films. The first one I'll mention my number 3 is I guess, technically a horror film. And it is the most recent one as well. Um, for me, M. Night Shyamalan is, was very masterful at setting the camera on a spot and making you feel very unsettled. And there's a sequence in The Village where, and this is, again, I guess, spoilers for The Village if you haven't seen it, where there is a creature in the woods and it is just slowly following and you're never sure where it is but it's slowly following the the lead character the lead uh actress the camera stops and the creature stops and then out of nowhere it just starts running and that uh, is the most yeah, horrifying <laughs> scene i've ever because there's this tension build up and what is it going to do and you've seen the creature and it's just slow moving and it doesn't seem to be all that like interested in attacking and then all of a sudden it does and it is just wonderfully executed that scene freaked me out and even rewatching it because i wanted to see it again just to make sure that it was the way i remembered even rewatching it, man, it's freaking creepy. So That's for a me, great scene. it's that that run sequence in the village. Yeah, right
2: awesome, nice pick, great pick. Well, uh, for me, like I said, I don't watch a lot of horror movies, so I, I did approach my list kind of similarly, uh, just times that that I was personally scared. So for my number three pick, I have a very recent movie, uh, Green Room, from just a couple of years ago. Um, really? Yeah, the scene where. Uh, uh, it's been a little while since I saw it, but that kind of where they're bargaining with with the the Nazis on the other side of the door, and then the the bargain goes wrong. It it's, it kind of blurs the line between scary and tense. It was just so incredibly tense uh, because yeah. it feels so freaking real. Like it just feels so incredibly real that uh, yeah that, that 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 scene that whole movie. But but that scene specifically was really, really, really tense. It's
1: so. a great scene.
2: So uh, that was my number three pick. All right, Chad, back to you. What is your number two scariest movie scene ever?
1: All right, so my number two and my number one are Square in Childhood Days. And <laughs> uh, number two is the penultimate. I was probably, I'm going to say nine, eight, or nine. And we had a VHS player. For you kids at home, Dan, you know what a VCR is. I'm not sure that you know, mm. but... We had that, and we recorded this movie and then watched it a lot. And I don't know why I did it to myself, but that movie is Poltergeist. Oh, okay. And in that movie, towards Here the end, he. when things are going crazy, there is a freaking clown, okay? There's a <laughs> clown, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right? And the scene is the little boy is on the bed, and this clown's been in his room. And first of all, it's a murder clown. Any parent that would put this <laughs> clown in their kid's room needs to be... I don't, child service is called, but... The S hits the F, if you will, and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> things are going crazy with the with the poltergeist and all this stuff, and he looks up, and the clown is gone from the corner where it normally sits, and he's sitting on the bed, and he hears it under the bed, so it has this slow tilt down. He looks under the bed. It's all tense and terrifying, and of course, the clown isn't there, and when he sits back up, the clown is sitting right beside him and grabs him by the throat. And that scene wrecked me as a child over and over and over again. Even to this day when I watch it, I get that I get that nine year old feeling. And I'm just like, "Woo!" So anyway, poltergeist clown scene. Every, there are people out there that know what I'm talking about. That scene is oh, no yeah. joke.
2: It's awesome. Great pick. Uh, all right, Chris, what is your number two scariest movie scene?
1: All right, so for me, this is,
0: again, to me, uh, this is the things that gave me nightmares. Um, and as you guys know, I, uh, I'm i on a sister show called uh, The Next Trek, and uh, there is a sequence in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, hmm. um, where a the bad guy, Khan, has this eel, and he takes one of the larvae out of the big eel, and then puts it inside the space helmet of um, one of a Starfleet officer. Oh, yeah. And this slug slowly crawls up the cheek and into the ear, and they created back in the day of course you know the the cameras being away so they built like this like uh like big sized ear and you see this slug just enter into this dude's ear canal (laughs) and he's screaming and yelling and his eyes are getting big and bulging out of his and he just like horrifically dies and it was the most horrifying thing because i love star trek but that just came out of nowhere and like you said it just wrecked me i was like oh my gosh i'm so but i don't want to stop watching and so i just glued myself and because i felt like i was safe in the star trek world this 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 moment and then you know ever since like you have that kind of feeling afterwards of like oh man is a thing going in my ear is it gonna you know eat my brain away and kill me it just gave me nightmares. Um, so, Chris, so, when are you going to so share
1: that scene with your girls? <laughs> Never, uh, man. They're
0: going to have to be eighteen. It is horrifying. Do <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, have you seen Star yeah. Trek? II? I Do
1: yes, absolutely. I just
0: it, it wrecked my childhood. So, I'm obviously not a horror film, and obviously not scary now. But to childhood me, it it definitely scarred me.
2: Well, that's that's hilarious. And for my number two pick, I have a, a kind of similar story, not Star Trek, but a, a story from. Yeah, same same thing. When I was a kid, a film, a, a scene that is not scary at all now when I watch it, and that's a scene from Signs. Mm-hmm. So another in channel on film, uh, the scene where the aliens uh, at the birthday party, right? They're watching the birthday party footage on the news, and the oh, yeah. alien walks around. So kind of a creepy scene. The, when I watched that film, I was young. I was probably I'm trying to guess how old I was, maybe eight or nine, something like that. My family and I were camping. We had a little trailer, and my brother Tyler, one of the co-hosts of the Next Check Podcast, who is who is six years older than me, we had this little tiny TV, a V one of those VHS TV combo, tiny little things, and so we put on signs, and it's like dark. We're in a trailer. We're like watching it uh, on this little tiny trailer bed. And he is freaking me out the whole time. He's like telling me that the scary <laughs> stuff is going to come. Like he's he's building it up as if as this is... as any s- good older brother, <laughs> right? You. Exactly. So he's saying that this is about to be the scariest thing. Like brace myself, all this stuff. And so when that alien freaking alien walks by and all the all the little yes. kids scream, man, I I about died. So uh, that's
1: still effective today. It,
2: it's a good scene. That's a. Science is a really undervalued movie, I think. That's a really I love Science. It's one of my favorite I love of all it. time. It's, it's, so it's
0: very high on my list, yes. So good.
2: So good. So that's my number two pick. We will go back to you, Chad. All right, what is your scariest movie scene of all time?
1: I was probably six years old. And it's interesting that the director of my number two pick, Poltergeist, also directed this movie. Uh, and that's Tobe Hooper. And he also directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're which is six not. years old. Hold on. Six years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have been watching it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't, my parents, I look, My par- I love my parents. But when you got this, I'm, a VCR in those days was a miracle of technology. And so, you know, they didn't know. So this movie, uh this movie is I I've said it many times that I am a you know what, Daniel, I may have actually been younger. This movie was came out in <laughs> 79 and I was born in 75. So I was maybe five or six. I was probably oh five or six because I had to be at home. Oh so here's the thing. This movie is called Salem's Lot, okay? And it's a Stephen King story, which I eventually read later when I was a teenager. But there's a scene, and the reason that I remember this is because it's the most vivid nightmare I've ever had. There's a scene in this movie, Spoilers for Salem's Lot, where a a little boy named Billy Glick is bitten by a vampire and dies. And at his funeral, one of his friends is there, and from the coffin, subconsciously, after everybody has left, the, the grave is still open. And the gravediggers are tossing dirt. And then all of a sudden the gravediggers are gone. And this this something is calling this guy, uh, Ryerson, to come down onto the coffin. And he cannot resist it. So he he literally jumps down onto the coffin. He sw- swipes the dirt off of the coffin. And then with a camera trick that was really excellent, he acts as if he's going to get up. And then this, this boy vampire is pounces from the coffin and grabs him by the throat and it's this nasty vampire i remember seeing that and of course hiding my face going to bed that night and i have six younger brothers there were three of us then and we all shared a room i was in bunk beds and i remember myself as that character i remember in my dream knowing that because i'd seen the movie that the the vampire was going to get me and so i didn't want to jump down onto the coffin but I couldn't stop myself. And so I literally played that scene again, where I jump down, the vampire jumps up. And the next thing I know, I wake myself up screaming (laughs) at the top of my voice. My parents came upstairs. My brothers were all mad. I was crying. So it was traumatic. So that is by far my number one scariest scene. And, And I have not seen that Movie probably in tw- twenty five years it may be ridiculous now for the longest time. If anybody ever asked me what's the worst nightmare, what's the scariest thing, there it is: Salem's Lot. You're welcome, people. Wow. We can all be friends we're, now. We're, you know my deep dark secrets. Yeah, we're
2: getting getting some insight into into the trauma yeah. of your childhood. Trauma. Wow, it's
1: true. Wow, I had great parents. I love you, mom and dad. <laughs>
2: fascinating. All right, uh, Chris, what is your number one scariest movie scene of all time?
0: There's this this series of films. Uh, and have some two of my favorite films of all time um, being Raiders of the Lost Ark and um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. In the middle, there's this film called uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, <laughs> and there's a sequence in this movie
1: yes. where
0: there's a human sacrifice that occurs and a priest rips a dude's heart out of his chest and they're they're speaking creepy language you know what i mean and like yeah and it like (laughs) dude that is scary still it is what how did this movie get made how is it what it is awful it you know they they tell stories this is the reason why PG-13 was created mm-hmm. this movie should have been rated R it still should be rated R there's nothing in a, TV PG, uh, a PG-13 movie today that would pass muster with that sequence in it it is horrifying <laughs> it is scary it is atmospheric you know the, the 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 face of fright on the dude that's being sacrificed as he's like being lowered into into like hell it is just awesome Chris, is, when are you going to share this with your girls? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> never. They will never. For multitude of reasons, we will. I will happily watch. Look, there are scary sequences in all of you know the Indiana Jones films. I didn't really particularly like uh, at the end of Last Crusade, where the dude like melts away and like you know gets burned to the wind or whatever, and he po- chose poorly. Uh, or the same way at the end of the, in the first movie, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where all the Nazis melt. Um, all those are kind of scary but this sequence it just keeps going and it just it it makes no sense it's horrifying for horrifying sake it's just not It scared the living daylights out of me and still does even right now i'm looking at images online of the, the priest's <laughs> face that dude's Aww. face is it's i need to stop now i'm too scared right.
2: <laughs> Wow, we're really just digging into trauma on this episode. we got to.
1: I mean, this is wow. why we do it.
2: Wow, I don't know, I don't know if um, my number one pick is this traumatic, or, or maybe it affected me, and I'm just still unpacking the consequences. You're in denial. Yeah, in denial. that's probably it. So, uh, for my my uh, number one scariest scene is a movie that I was forced to go to when I was older than than what you guys have described here. I was a senior in high school.
0: Oh no! This was last year for me.
2: I, <laughs> so when I was a senior in high school, a movie called Paranormal Activity came out. Oh, Yes, <laughs> and uh, you know, so at this point in my life, I had, yeah, of course, I was already obsessed with movies, but um, I didn't watch horror films. And I still, I still don't really too much, but back then, I, I would always just be like, oh yeah, they're just, you know. It's just not really a genre that I like. I'm not scared of them. It's just a genre I don't really like. No, I was <laughs> I was scared. Okay, I was too scared to watch <laughs> horror movies. That was the reality. I didn't want to admit it. And so I was at I was hanging out with uh, a bunch of my friends. It was my friend's birthday, and he wanted to go see Paranormal Activity. So this is a bunch of seniors in high school. I can't I can't like wuss out right. So I Correct. had to go to this movie Paranormal Activity. And at the time, found footage that that kind of reignited found footage i think that was one of the films that did it uh, that and like cloverfield i guess and so it wasn't like too big of a genre uh, at the time it wasn't overused and the marketing i still remember the marketing of paranormal activity of showing like test screenings where they had night vision of the audience like oh, freaking right. <laughs> out like yeah. freaking out and they're advertising like this is the scariest movie ever at the time it the marketing freaked me out. I was so scared to go to this movie. So uh, I I don't I don't know if I have a specific scene. I cheated. I pulled a Chris. I cheated here. I'm just gonna say the movie because
0: uh, that the movie that, that ending's
1: pretty intense. That, yes,
0: like really throwing against the the uh, the camera. That was great. Yeah, and well, I think and her
1: just standing there. That him one, him that's was that's what I was about creepier. to say. The,
2: the, when she's sleep, you know, standing there in the middle of the night, like swaying back. Like oh man, that was great. So was great creepy. Too. Yeah so creepy so uh that was uh very very traumatic to me as a senior in high school but but it also kind of opened me up to more horror movies because after it was done i was scared out of my mind while i was watched it but when it was over i was like if that's the whatever scariest movie of all time okay maybe i can do horror movies and so it kind of opened me up to the genre a little bit more because i i made it out alive i survived i'm a survivor and here <laughs> yes. i am today
1: that's legit scary. That's a scary movie. Yeah, it is a, for sure. So
2: that those yeah. are our scariest movie scenes ever. Do we have any honorable mentions, uh, Chad? Any any ones you didn't uh, you didn't get to mention on your list?
1: I did. The Exorcist, just in general, I think is the best and most disturbing horror movie mm. ever made. But I did, couldn't single out a scene. Uh, the Blair Witch Project ending, where <laughs> that movie is kind of crazy, but the the ending where he's standing in the corner was really disturbing to me when I saw that for some reason Uh, and then there's a specific movie anytime I can shout out Jaws twice in a show I'm going to when Dreyfus is diving and you're already really scared and then that head pops out of that boat that used to terrify me so those are my honorable mentions
2: nice and Chris
1: I think I already mentioned mine. It was the, those
0: moments in the other two Indiana Jones films because I really was just going back to my childhood trauma, uh, trying to think of where I was actually horrified. And then also the thing that really scared me was – and I it scared me so much that I don't even remember it. Um, I just remember my parents still tell me. Uh, my cousins started watching The Goonies, and it yeah. scared me so bad that I don't even remember that moment, I don't remember what was happening, when it happened, at what point in the movie it happened. But I, my parents tell me that I was screaming. They came into the room, took me away. I don't even remember it happening. So, uh, for me, it was the Goonies scared the the living daylights out of me. Apparently, I don't even remember it. So that's kind of yeah. kind of crazy. Wow.
2: Very good, very good. Uh, I don't ha- I don't really have a lot of honorable mentions. I mean, the the chest burster scene in Alien was is always a classic, uh, super scary one. The whole Exorcist, like Chad said. So, yeah, uh, I don't have a lot to add in terms of honorable mentions, but uh, you guys had a lot to add. We had plenty of people uh, chiming in on social media. Far and away uh, on Twitter, the, the biggest responses we got were the ending of Blair Witch and uh, lots of the uh, the head-turning scene in Exorcist. Those were uh, very, very uh, popular picks across, across Twitter. A few other random ones to shout out here. Blake Patterson gave gave a few picks here: the dwarf in the red coat ending from Don't Look Don't Look Now, bathtub lady from The Shining, that was another popular pick, mm-hmm. and uh, the grave ending of Carrie. We had uh, the four fat guys show. Uh, they uh, talked about the night vision scene of Silence of the Lambs. Very, good very good one. And then Screen Zealots, again, they talked about the uh, ending of the Blair Witch Project, and they, they sent a screenshot of the uh, of the ending of that film. So, yeah, uh, lots of popular picks over on Twitter. Chad, what did you see on Facebook?
1: Yeah, well, on Facebook, we had uh, Jose Manai, who said, 30 days of night when the child vampire jumps out of the closet in the convenience store. Uh, that's a good one I remember that we also had the entire VHS sequence from the ring so that was good Rob Alderman said when Gage slashes the Achilles tendon come play with us that's a quote from the original Pet Cemetery, which by the way the the new one looks pretty intense Uh, Paul Agnew said alien when they're trying to find Jonesy which is which is good Mm -hmm. and then uh, Aaron Weatherford we all float down here it when I was 13 so a shout out to the original uh, it television series So lots of good picks there.
2: Yes, lots of good picks. We appreciate you guys chiming in. As always, we want to remind you to join in the conversation with us on social media uh, because that's where a lot of this happens. So we'll, uh, we'll shout you guys out. If you chime in with our top three, we want to hear your picks. So that about does it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in to this review of Us and some other good conversation here. Make sure you tune in next time where we'll be reviewing Dumbo, Disney's new live action remake. We can't wait to talk about that and more on the next episode. So we'll see you there. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.